This is a Broad Pods production. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is a Broad Pods production. This is Broad Radio. For you, by you. Broad Radio. Here for more. Hi there, it's Joe Stanley here. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Broad Radio On The Go. It's lovely to have you. Today my co-host is broadcaster and inclusion and belonging leader Rana Hussain and our guest is interior designer and the block judge Shana Blaze who we absolutely adore. She's a brilliant woman who tells us about the very important not-for-profit that she's created, Voice of Change, which is all about ending gendered violence. But first up, Rana and I unpack the very abrupt ending to the Bruce Lerman Brittany Higgins court case. Of course this week Rana very much the headlines has been the aborted retrial of Bruce Lerman who was charged with the alleged rape of Brittany Higgins and this very really tragic turn of events. I mean how does it get worse for Brittany? I don't know that these Mm. charges were dropped out of concern for Brittany's health uh, because she's been subjected to just an incredible or the DPP Shane Drumgold said that she was subjected to a level of personal attack he had not seen in over 20 years. So that was horrific. But of course, her experience in the court has really laid bare what we most of us know, if you have Mm. ever bothered to read about it, the experience of complainants when they are uh, going through, you know, uh, a complainant around their own rape experience. Horrific. It's awful. And I think it's, it's awful in all the ways it could possibly be. I mean, we talk about the fact that, you know, if if you're going to go through the process of, of taking charges to someone who, you know, has assaulted you, you are warned that it's going to be arduous and gruelling. But of course, for Brittany Higgins, so, so public as well. And I think for me, what's really interesting, because I've heard people say, well, it was kind of her choice to be so public about it. But the key there for me is that she said as well, you know, I don't trust the system. And now we can see why you wouldn't trust a system that really asks you to lay bare everything, as she said in her own words, where the burden of proof was on her to say this actually happened to me and to feel like you need to kind of be public about it for there even to be that kind of accountability says everything really. Mm. 
And I think as well, you know, many women have been through experiences of assault uh, and trauma where you are in that place where you make a choice. Am I going to go through with this or not? And the idea that you have to prove something that's happened to you can then also be internalised. I know for me, you know, when I have been in this kind of a situation, you are asking yourself, what actually happened? Because there are clear-cut cases of assault, right? And then there's always those ones where it's quite murky, the context is, is very different and difficult, and what you're getting asked is, what were you doing that day? Mm-hmm. What were you wearing? What were you drinking? How or, or even even is your memory correct? Exactly. Like that, and that is that is the absolutely. And I, I don't know if you've read Witness, the Louise, Louise Milligan book, um, where she really just is it's so she painstakingly goes through the Saxon Mullins um, when she was a complainant for her alleged rape. It was you know it's it's clear that the defend defence lawyers that is their job to make. Everyone believe that you you have remembered it wrong. Yeah, but your memory is incorrect. And then, of course, what would that do to you? Yeah. you? You'd like you would of course ask yourself, well, am I lying? Have I misunderstood what's happened to me? What do I remember? What don't I? like that? What that would do to your psyche is just mm. quite unimaginable. And I think the other thing for me is that I know you know when Grace Tame and when Brittany Higgins kind of broke through very publicly there was a big part of me that looked to them and thought wow these are really brave women and they are they absolutely are and I maybe projected onto them the bravery that I might not have had and so to see Brittany then have to go through this and be kind of crushed by the system you know I just worry that there there's so many of us now going well yeah I don't I don't think I could do that. Mm, well that it is interesting. So we're seeing in in this experience that we that Brittany's going through that you can be both brave and mm. incredibly fragile and incredibly um, damaged concurrently. And that is what is happening for her. And for every victim survivor really mm. that's what they are. But I suppose well, well, we've seen because she spoke out that they've had a huge increase in women speaking out. Mm. So what an incredible impact she's had. Absolutely. That, that women are feeling like, yes, I am going to speak out. So that's, I guess we can still look to her. That's not changed. Definitely. And I think that's the key, right? Mm. That it's not that she's without any of those hardships, mm. that she, despite all of that, she is still continuing on and still stepped up to the plate. And that the more and more that we do, the better the systems get and the more conversation that we have about it, there is more pressure on all of us to mm. make it better. Yeah. I, I mean, and for, for me, I was reflecting on the fact that um, Brittany first spoke publicly about her experience Right at the beginning when Broad Radio first launched. Mm. So this is the beginning of 2021. Yeah. And I remember so clearly actually speaking with Zoe Daniel, who is now a federal member for Parliament. Yes. So what an extraordinary two years it's been. But she was my co-host at the time and we were talking about, and I remember so clearly Zoe saying, what now for Brittany? What happens to Brittany now? Mm. It was right at the beginning. And we've seen this this extraordinary journey for her and how she has done so much we had the March for Justice, which really yeah. came out of the fury that Australian women were feeling. And that then began the movement that sort of brought down the Morrison government. And there's so much that has come from that courage of mm. Brittany standing up and saying, this happened to me. And so 
but she won't be defined by that either. I think. I think she has such a huge future. I see on her Absolutely. Instagram that um, she is now a visiting fellow at the Global Institute for Women's Leadership. So there's a photo there on her Insta with Julie Gillard, and I just think what impact that her future will hold as yeah. well. I was just thinking that you know when you talk about impact, there's very few who've done what she's been able to and really brought a conversation to kitchen tables and between mothers and daughters. I just it's so it's such a weird thing. Like you just want to wrap your arms around her and say, we're all with you, we're behind you. And I hope she knows that. I hope she's feeling that somehow. I I absolutely agree. We've got uh, people joining us on uh, social media today on our Facebook and YouTube. And Katrina says, imagine if we just believed what women said, which... You're so right. Imagine if we had a system in which uh, the onus of proof is on the accused to prove that you have consent, which is now changing. There mm. is now uh, a, a shift towards actually the the onus of consent is there for um, many, you know, the, we're looking at that as far as legislation is concerned around the country. Uh, Donna is saying the media narrative is mostly to blame for the hate poll on Brittany Higgins. It was always called the Brittany Higgins rape trial, mm. which is um, it's absolutely true. Media with moderated comments would only let the pro... I'm wondering if uh, this is something I didn't know, but would only let the pro-Lumen Andy Higgins comments through. Wow. And that see, I, I'm not privy to how the, no, how the that whole platforms of, of giant media organisations work, but if that would be, be true, that's horrific. I think, and I think that points to the fact that this is an ecosystem and we have to also think about the enablers as well as Mm. the legislation and so things like the media things like the language we use how we frame conversations they're all part of it and so at every level there's a role to play really there absolutely true um and i think to being you're right being alert to yeah the enablers and who who's protecting who Mm. as well and it just you know i think Often, I mean, usually from a racism perspective, but we talk about systems and structures that aren't built for purpose and built for us. And this is a really good example of that, that we have all this structure and a system that actually isn't working and is fundamentally pushing against what we need and what we need to happen. And so I don't know what you do about it. I don't know how you break it and rebuild it, but it sort of feels like that's where we're at now. Well, there's no doubt people know the the system is broken. It needs to be changed. It's Mm. just how long that takes to Mm. change when we get to the to a system that actually is more fit for purpose but yes we are with uh, Brittany Higgins and of course all victim survivors who are incredibly courageous hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Just. 
Let's continue the conversation because there are many ways in which to have this conversation. And I think uh, our next guest is achieving really important conversations in creative ways. Her not-for-profit Voice of Change is all intended to continue the conversation around gender violence. Most people know her as the very stylish and clever judge from the block. Hello, Shana Blaze. Hello, how are you both? Oh, Dulce, it's great to see you and uh, thanks for joining us uh, in this week where, you know, we're all feeling a little bit shell-shocked for uh, this, um, you know, how this has unfolded as far as Brittany Higgins is concerned. And Mm. as Rana said, we're all putting our arms around Brittany at this time. Yeah, and, and I feel like the way, you know, she doesn't have to speak out to the public, but I feel like the way that she did it through her Instagram post was one, taking her power back and grace and dignity and really calling out that it was the Brittany Higgins trial when it actually wasn't. And it really emphasises that the victim is put on trial, not the person that's accused. And yes, it is innocent until proven guilty, but... <laughs> It does work both ways that um, the victim shouldn't be on trial to the scrutiny that she was. So let's um, talk about your incredible not-for-profit, which I just think is amazing, Shana, Voice of Change. I mean, it's a a very, I spoke with you, I think, when you very first launched it. So it's been a couple of years and Mm. most people would consider this quite a sidestep from what you are normally known for. But can you explain what Voice of Change is all about? The Voice of Change is really about using the arts as a communication tool to really change the culture and underpinning what we think family violence is, domestic violence, and using equality and respect as the change. And we are, you know, the conduit of all these different organisations and corporations that are private equity, that are government equity, and trying to get that message through to everybody by using the arts, because there's all these incredible um, resource materials out there that is quite hard to find and it's quite hard to actually um, communicate. But through the arts, people feel like that they can feel like they can take it in, get the message, and then the support material of all the people that we're working with really helps people take responsibility of finding ways that they can make change. Mm. It's true. Uh, I think there's something very powerful around telling a story and really evoking a response that then you can have a conversation and make it more useful and perhaps sort of shift attitudes and behaviours. Yeah. And, and I think that's the thing also, like, you know, you were fantastic in the fact that you emceed our, our panel discussion in our previous screenings of how we were going to do the movie. And I think everybody who's seen the movie literally can't move once they've watched it. But the empowering part of that that we wanted people to take away is go, well, this is something that we hear all the time. This is something mm. that we know is behind closed doors in the news. And people think it's this big problem that we can't be part of. But it does come down to all the small tools that we work on every day of harm prevention before it gets to any stage of violence. You know, it's educating young girls, young boys. It's educating the people in the sports area about equality, respect in the workplace. Because all those sort of layers of community and lifestyle, if we've got disrespect, um, and inequality happening happening everywhere people get used to taking that home with them and not being called out in front of people and behind closed doors so it is community learning how to treat each other and it isn't just about calling out violence it's calling out bad behavior before it gets to violence 
Yes. Mm. So you're referring to the movie The Fort, which is a film that your kids made, your beautiful son yeah. Jess and your daughter Carly, um, wrote, directed, edited, and created this film that is about an abusive relationship. Um, yeah. So just uh, how, how did that come about? Like it's a massive mm. undertaking. Well, Carly and Jess work in the the industry of TV and wanted to get into movies. They didn't go in the design world. <laughs> they went on the other side, the entertainment. And it was really just a case of them wanting to create a movie that was going to have some sort of impact. It was meant to be just a very short movie. And, you know, the relevance of wanting to have something was very women-focused, so talking about family and domestic violence was a very topical subject about four and a half years ago when we started doing it. And we didn't mean it to go as big as what it was. And it came about that we took it to the next level. They didn't get any grants for a short movie. And I was emceeing the candlelight vigil for safe steps in Fed Square uh, about four or five years ago. It must be five years ago. And I'm looking at all these teenagers and I'm looking at all this roll call of all the people that were murdered, women and children within that 12 months. Mm. And how can we sit there and not do something? So the way that we could do something is to talk about it through a movie. And then the charity came because we knew we couldn't drop this movie with the message, the impact and the sadness that comes with this whole role play between the father, the, the wife, the son, the family, that we wanted to have a, a responsibility of how people can make change and do something about it. You must be so proud as a mother to see your young people do this kind of work, but also it's quite heavy work. What's the conversation been like through the process of it all? totally like one I'm so incredibly proud that they made the movie what was you know we're not filmmakers so we've learned and made a lot of mistakes which is what you do but I think we all grew within that and that's how the charity came about because the conversations when we were filming there was a lot of young young people then older people wanting to make a movie and it was the feeling of like the subject we all knew it was a sensitive matter we wanted to take it with care but everybody started like opening up and feeling safe in that environment saying you know what that was something that I went through in my life or someone feeling guilty because they never really thought about it because their life was quite normal as they would put it that they sort of felt guilt of not doing something about it and then there's also people knowing and but what can I do so there was all these mixed feelings of people wanting to do something about it and not knowing what to do so all the intel is normally for government and you know social workers but the general public need to have those tools so that's where the conversations were going is people feeling angry but wanting to do something with that anger in a good way to say we can't keep this going so it's, it's been that long process and we all felt quite connected no one felt left out or solo and it was just that whole experience of the arts is feeling safe with your message and feeling safe because you can actually talk about the characters and mm. not think so, you know, Graham is, is the, the husband. And so, you know, well, when Graham did that, that reminded me of what, who did this. So all of a sudden we learnt all these magical tools within using the arts and that's where we knew the strength of the arts could um, do something about this. Oh, it's so true, isn't it? That that's, storytelling has, whether it's on the stage or in a book or in a film, it just removes, it's just that one, mm. that tiny bit of separation that allows perhaps a freer conversation. 
I want to ask you as well, Shana, you sort of talked about some of the drivers of violence before and and one of those is stereotypes and gender norms and breaking those Mm. down. And we often talk about, you know, women breaking those stereotypes down and what it looks like for women to take up roles that are very different. But I want to take you to the block and actually think about your fellow judges and a different type of masculinity that's presented to us through them as well and how important it is for men to see that they can be a whole range of things. I think that's incredible. That's such a good point because Darren and Neil are very strong, intelligent people with so much empathy and so much kindness at the same time. But we have to have that look and feel of strength because we are experts and we are judges. And so I think the softness that they have is is one of those beautiful gender breakdowns of masculinity. But unfortunately, as a woman with strength, I get hounded and the guys don't get the vilification that I get mm. in the media and the general public. As a strong woman, they all of a sudden go to the stereotype of like, well, a strong woman must be a bitch. Mm. Really? Yeah, and, wow. You know, the amount of times um, Darren and Neil have gone in to support me saying, uh, guys, I actually said that comment, not Shana, but people just want to hear what they want to hear. So I think breaking down that stereotype is so important, but people to not be afraid of strength in either gender. Mm. Um, in fact, that just because you are strong and just because you have a certain role where you have to show opinion, strength and expertise doesn't make you this horrible person. Like, you know, to, to give mm. expertise and people turn around and say you're a bully, it goes, well, that's not a bully. That's just being an expert. And it's not, you know, it's, it's judging a thing, not a person. And it's it's all those sorts of parts that come with it. So I, I totally agree breaking down that gender norm of masculinity. But I think we're not saying true to we want women in powerful positions, mm. but we want them to be a powerful person down there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I so I, I'm often outraged at the uh, the vitriol you get, Shana. Just you're playing a role. I mean, and, and you know, yeah. <laughs> if you weren't strong in that role, then you would be failing to play it. So it's to me exactly. complete madness. But what's also really powerful is that I mean, Jess directed the fort and having men as a part of this conversation is very critical to the mm. whole process, isn't it? Yeah, and I think the thing is also, you know, it was low budget, so we all played a lot of roles. Um, <laughs> so Jess, <laughs> Jess is an actor, so he actually played the the perpetrator, Graham. And the only thing is that there was a safety in that as us as a family because he's so far removed from that character. But it was also not being afraid to show the vulnerability of that character because part of the, the things of the fort is about generational violence and trauma it's not just you know when somebody has domestic violence it's not just because of one moment of what's happened it's things in their past Mm. and what happens there so you know having somebody as an aggressor to have some sort of generational trauma is just not looking for empathy but trying to understand what are these triggers where does it come from and I think you know we've had a few people see the movie a couple of times and they're taking away different elements of that but, you know, I do take my hat off to Jess's generation. Um, you know, we have a lot of trades in that age group too, that they're really open to all these discussions. They're mm. not fearful of breaking the gender stereotype, not all of them, but, but mm. there is a lot, um, you know, in those late 20s, early 30s that are really sort of like, you know, making sure that things are more even and making sure that they're trying to break the stereotype as well. 
I do love hearing that, particularly in that sort of the world of trades where you you play in that world. Not all of us do, I've got to say. Um, If you want to see the fort, uh, you can actually organise your own screening, which is a fantastic way of both fundraising, but also maybe in your own community, whether it's sporting clubs or school or workplace or whatever, you can actually, you know, have this conversation. So head along to, it's films.fanforce.com and it's a fantastic platform where you can organise your own screening of this film and really really just explore the themes and the narratives in there. Very powerful, Shana. Yeah, and I think that's the thing also, like, you know, booking a screening doesn't mean you're outlaying all this money. It just means you're booking it and then you invite everybody to come along, buy a ticket, and then you can have those meaningful conversations. I think that's the thing. If you're going to book it with your friend's group or you're going to book it with a sports club or your workplace, it just means that you're all having that conversation, you know, and like people go to the toilets afterwards and they're standing in the bathroom going, but that movie, that movie, and you take it to the next level. So it's an important conversation It's not there to scare people or shock people, but it's a reality and it's a conversation we have to have if we want to make change. Um, Now, before I let you go, we do have to mention, though, this beautiful... I mean, you're very clever, Shani. You've taken the actual house where you shot the fort in a beautiful country town in Victoria, Kyneton, and you are now... You've done this incredible, uh, beautiful, another reality show, Country Home Rescue, where you have shared with us the renovation of this house with your two kids and it's literally just a window into your family life with beautiful Jess and Carly I love it so much yeah look it it is one of those things where you know I I am a very private person but now I've just opened the doors Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it was one of those things that you know people as we were talking about as a judge and what I do think that I don't know what I'm doing or think that I only know cushions or styling. There's just so much about it. But when you're doing a family home or a home forever, it is is not a competition. It's so different to, you know, the block. It's different to selling houses. It's different for profit. It is one of those spaces where it has to come from the soul of how you want to live as a family and grow with you. And I wanted people to see that process and understand. And I remember saying one comment that don't judge the outcome if you don't like it because this is for us judge the process Mm. people learn they want to go well how do you do it well this is how you do it Mm. maybe not all of those with it but the process of getting there is hopefully what people understand I have to say I mean the thought of renovating with my parents is (laughs) terrifying so I am so impressed with you and your family (laughs) I agree it's kind of amazing I mean, they're beautiful kids. And then we see, and what I loved is that, you know, you see the, the little room that you've created for your, for your first grandchild, Olive, and it just, you know, it just makes it really real, Shana, that this is a family home and you're sharing it with us. And I, I love it. And, oh, my God, I want to stay there. <laughs> Wait, come on up for drinks, Star. We've got a lot to talk about. <laughs> we really do. Shana, thank you so much. Head along to voiceofchangeau.org if you want to know more about this incredible not-for-profit. Head along to thefortmovie.com if you want to see the trailer for The Fort. And, of course, I would highly recommend that you organise a screening of The Fort because it's just it really opens the door to some really important conversations. Shana, thank you so much as always. Thanks so much for your support and congratulations on this incredible incredible platform that you created with Broad Radio. Thanks, love. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 